Hey, and welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a brand new podcast talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both missionaries on the field and the churches that they partner with. My name is Tony Balava. And my name is Stephen Maldoff, your co-host. Hey, Tony, it's so good that we've been able to start this. I know this is our first podcast. Me and you have talked about this for a while as far as you know, setting up right. a podcast and being able to kind of share some discussions about missions. You know, I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there, and mm. uh, I personally listen yeah. to a bunch about yeah, missions. So why do you think we should even do this? Why why should people listen to us? <laughs> you know, what do we bring to the table? <laughs> well, why we should do it, I think, you know, for me, I've always determined, for, or at least for a very long time, that I want to be involved with promoting missions and uh, getting the good news of the gospel out by any means that we possibly can. Uh, So long as it doesn't detract from the glory of God, it's not dishonoring. I want to be a part of that, and I think it's maybe just another avenue as to why people should listen. I wonder all the time why people would listen to me, so maybe you have that answer. (laughs) Well, my kids don't (laughs) listen to me, so I don't know. You know, one of the things I I think— that you and I both have is some unique experiences. We've both been missionaries. I've been uh, in prison. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I work there. I work there. <laughs> uh, we we both have been missionaries, foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have worked in church work right. for many years as a pastor. I mm-hmm. have worked in church work as an assistant pastor for a time. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. the Lord has brought us into this role as uh, field directors for Baptist International Missions. You're covering the what part of the world? So I cover the far north, which is uh, Canada, Greenland, and Alaska, and and then you are? I am Southeast Asia and the South Pacific. So I get the wonderful countries like Thailand, Too India. Too many to mention here. Yeah, oh, overall bunch. it's uh, 35 countries 35 I get countries. to uh, cover. So yeah. uh, it's, it's quite exciting. And, and I think... With our various experiences, we I think that helps helps us with know some of the ins and outs mm-hmm. of what pastors are sure. thinking mm-hmm. in their local church as far as yeah. missions, and maybe we can touch on some of those things going forward in yeah. our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to help churches mm-hmm. uh, tackle some of the issues that they have about building stronger and better mission programs, but then also on the field. Right. You know, we, me and you both have experienced life on the field, and now mm-hmm. obviously we work with missionaries on the field sure. and know some of the highs and lows that they go yeah. through while they try to do the work that God's called them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess for myself, I don't, I don't look at myself as, as knowing, surely I don't know any more than the average guy out there probably, but um, maybe God's given me the opportunity to be and, and walk in some shoes that the average person hasn't and to be able to say, hey, look at, we were on the foreign field, or yes, I did pastor a church here in the United States, or I was an assistant pastor. I've been involved in ministry now for a good while. We were talking before this and in our prep and all, and discovered that between us, we have more years than we want to admit of experience, but uh, we know it's over 45 years, and hopefully that can be a help to some people. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I know definitely there's a lot of good material, and and I appreciate that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that there's a lot of co-laborers uh, right. for, the, for the cause of Christ yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. What I hope, and I know our heart is, is that we'll be able to kind of talk about some of the practical things that right. are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, just for our first, first podcast sure. uh, and conversation, I think 
we should maybe talk about, you know, why mission boards? Obviously, you and I both work for a mission board mm-hmm. as in our respective uh, tasks. So, of course, we're going to be biased towards <laughs> that. There's no doubt. No, no bias whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> as we go to churches, you and I both speak at many churches, and we get to mm-hmm. interact with at colleges even and right. talk to young people who mm-hmm. are trying to pray about God. What would you have me to do? And I know that there's definitely some folks I've talked to that think, hey, I feel God's calling me to missions, but I'm not sure if I should go with a mission board or not. Sure. Right. Now, I think there's a couple questions that have to be answered. One is, what are the benefits of a mission board? Why should someone maybe Mm -hmm. consider even going with a mission board? I think, what are some of the the concerns that maybe have with a mission board? But then I think really one of the ultimate questions that have to be answered is, are mission (laughs) boards even biblical? Right. You hear people, oh, mission boards are just a parachurch organization. They're not even in the Bible anywhere. I'd have all my support raised if I had a nickel for every time somebody gave me that response. Tell me about it. (laughs) Tell me about it. Hey, why don't we start with that, though? Because I'd like to think we're doing things biblical, but boy, if we're not, I sure don't, I sure want to change. So, are mission boards biblical? Yeah. You know, um, I like that last statement. If we're not doing it biblical, I don't want to be a part. Our pastor, where we attend church here locally in Chattanooga area, uh, just recently said from the pulpit, you know, if, if what we were doing wasn't biblical or I could find out, he said, I would be fleeing this thing and looking for the next yeah. thing that was biblical or the place that was biblical. And and, and I feel that way. I know you do. Mm-hmm. And so you always get that question uh, for, I've been uh, associated with BIMI now since 1998 and probably at least that long, probably longer actually in Bible college, you know, I always got that question. Well, uh, you're going to go with the board. Is that even biblical? Mm-hmm. And the the argument always seems to be the same. There's no mission board in the Bible. Paul didn't have one. Right. Well, Paul didn't have connect groups or Sunday school, and we don't read that that term, and we don't read Trinity or Rapture and all those things. Um, but hopefully, as we mature a little bit in the Lord, we learn that just because a thing isn't specifically named, there is a biblical principle behind a thing. There's surely a, a biblical principle for connect groups, Sunday schools. Uh, there's a biblical principle for a lot of the things that we do in our local churches, I think in missions that maybe you couldn't find that thing. I think we would all agree that the Trinity is an absolute biblical doctrine, though we don't read that word. Mm-hmm. One of the passages that has helped me in trying to answer that from a biblical standpoint, not just, well, that's silly, it's not written there. You've got to have a, a better answer than that. You've got to have a Bible answer. And and I, I've often gone back to, uh, to Romans chapter 16, and Paul, who spends really about half of that chapter naming people by name, not naming local churches, uh, but naming people who were kind of the go-between a local church that they were a member of, and also Paul as that church planting missionary. And they helped him in various ways. Some supplied support. Some maybe we know brought that support to him. Uh, Paul mentions to the Philippians that, you know, hey, there was this fellow from the church that brought me the support that you had sent to me. And, and so Paul mentions this whole group, this entourage of people that were a, a support group to him and, again, to the local church. And, and really, 
if you want to call it parachurch, then then that's fine, I guess, however you want to name it. But there was definitely a group of people who were both supporting the local church and the Apostle Paul, and God used that, obviously, and blessed that in a tremendous way. And the Holy Spirit of God said to Paul, hey, listen, you spend a whole half a chapter of the book of Romans uh, thanking those people for what they've done in their ministry and their involvement in that ministry of church planting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also Paul gives us another area in which we can kind of pull from Mm -hmm. to see kind of the idea of someone helping with the transfer of monies to help a project in another Mm -hmm. location. In the book of Second Corinthians, right. uh, in chapter number 8, Paul has been encouraging the, the church of Corinth to give. Mm-hmm. They have already made a pledge to give to help the Christians down in, in Jerusalem that were going through some struggles. And so he talks about collecting of the offering and then having a brother who is mm-hmm. going to take that money and distribute it and right. carry it down to them and distribute. Now, we don't know who that brother is. He's an unnamed right. man in history. <laughs> but... What we do know about him is that he was someone the church trusted, he was someone Paul trusted, and he was someone that had a reputation of, uh, hey, he is safe to give our monies to, we trust him that he will get to where it's got to go to benefit those in need. And so I would would dare say that there is an example of having that middleman, I guess for a lack of a better way of saying it, a middleman who can, hey, can you help us out? facilitate yeah. the, the transfer of monies for a cause. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you make a great point, and, and Paul actually says about that unnamed brother, uh, he said, whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. So he was somebody who was held in high reputation. He was uh, somebody who was trusted, like you said. That's so important that we can have somebody look at most of our people sitting in churches aren't independently wealthy. And when people give to missions, it's it's represents a sacrifice on their mm-hmm. part, and they want to be sure that the funds that they have designated to get to a missionary on the field actually get there. You know, you make a great point. Paul had sent this guy and, and really gave him a tremendous endorsement by the Holy Spirit. It's important that, that we have those kind of organizations that can do the same today as well. And I do think that, you know, mission boards do that, but I think that the misconception about a mission board is that maybe that's all they do. Mm. You know, there are clearing houses, and that's kind of what they do. Missionary clearing houses, that's what they do. And maybe we'll talk about those at a different time. But we should make the distinction between a missionary clearing house and a missionary board. I think that, you know, in the area of uh, the realm of a missionary board, there's a lot of other things that a board does that maybe people don't consider very often. And, and let's talk about some of those things, maybe. Oh, absolutely. I know my eyes were open to it when I first came on board way back in 99. Mm. I'm the class of 99 <laughs> here at BIMI. So I am, uh, you know, 20, 21 years in, right. with BIMI now. And one of the things I realized is just how vast are resource, resources that we offer missionaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a printing and art department to help missionaries right. put together mm-hmm. things for like prayer letters, packets of information, so on and so forth. Uh, we have folks who do the finances, of course, the right. but not just collection of money, but then also the taxes, international taxes. There's a whole <laughs> there's a whole world right there, international yeah. taxes yeah. and and all that you have to do when you you're a US citizen overseas. And, right. 
That's yeah. a whole other kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully, we have guys who that's all they do. They sure. know all of those things. Yep. That's a huge help. You know, I think also just one of the things that I didn't really know about our board, BIMI, is how vast their connections were with churches across America and even the world. Sure. You know, I think we uh, we often say we have about 8,000 donors mm-hmm. on on record here. Well, that's a lot of churches people have to connect with. That What it shows is a lot of trust in, yes. in people right. towards BIMI. Mm-hmm. And that helps the missionary because right. you know, I came from a smaller church just outside Cleveland, Ohio. If I said it, nobody would have any clue right. wh- who yeah. that church is. And so when I'm calling up churches trying to schedule a meeting, what? <laughs> who are you and what's this church? But when I say, hey, I'm with BIMI, right. instantly— yeah. There's a recognition. Oh, if you're with them, then you must meet certain criteria as far as doctrinal stance, sure. philosophy of ministry, certain standards even. Mm-hmm. And so that just helps the missionary, I think, go further on on the trying to collect their funds and mm-hmm. partner with churches and get into churches in which to try to do that. Boy, I, I was so glad for the reputation mm-hmm. to go back to what we were talking about yeah. with Paul's guy in Second Corinthians right. there. The reputation that BIMI had, because I know that opened doors for me. Right. My story is is almost exactly the same as yours with the the church that's kind of unknown. For me, a college that at that time was unknown, I was the first graduating class in my college. So when I made calls cold turkey and asked a pastor, could I come and present the ministry God had called us to? You know, that pastor's taking a step of faith, really. He's allowing you time in his pulpit, and he wants to know who you are and what you stand for. Well, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know my name. He doesn't know my pastor, probably. He doesn't know my school. Um, but when I said BIMI, that represented something. In my years of pastoring here in the States, when a, when a missionary would call me, and they would identify themselves, and and I would go through that whole process again. Now, from the pastor's standpoint, you know, I don't know you. I don't. Know, I, I might know your school, but I know that schools don't put out cookie cutter students. And so, you know, and and that's not to say that every mission board or missionary with a mission board is is exactly the same mm-hmm. either, because they're right. surely not. But there's just that extra step of the screening process and making sure we're all on the same page. You know, Amos says, uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? And what I knew as a pastor uh, here in the States was I agreed with the doctrinal position. I agreed with the strong uh, emphasis of church planting and missions with that BIMI takes. And so when a when a missionary would call me and they would say, hey, I serve with BIMI, uh, that really put me at ease in a lot of ways. It, it, it answered a lot of questions before I had to even ask them. Absolutely. No, I would uh, definitely echo all those things. You know, I think not just the benefit mission board here domestically within the States, but then there's also benefits internationally being tied to a mission board. Uh, for example, obviously we can speak from the experience here, when a lot of missionaries are trying to get into a country, right? for, say, New Zealand, for mm-hmm. example, uh, there has to be a letter of reference that mm-hmm. says, hey, this person coming in is of good character. They have an insurance coverage right. for themselves that is coming with them. So to kind of reassure the country that they're not going to sure. be a drain on their right. health care. And then also that they have a kind of level of income Mm-hmm. We obviously don't give money, like we don't pay anyone, but it's 
we know what the support levels are coming in for mm-hmm. that missionary. So we can say this is what their expected income is to be. And when we communicate that to the country and we say, look, we're a multinational incorporated yeah, right. place that has uh, aspects in countries all around the world, mm-hmm. they're there instantly gives us a level of, again, credibility to help get this guy into whatever country he's trying to get into because of all that we say. Yeah, you know, uh, we, live in a, we live in a world where, you know, people talk about open borders, but you and I both know that there's really not such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, they still ask for my passport every time I cross the border and go yeah. into some other country. And when I went to Canada uh, years ago, my family and I to be involved in church planning there and in French-speaking Quebec, um, not only did I need that letter you just referenced that BIMI here in Chattanooga gave me, but in Canada, we also have what we call BIMI Canada. And it's a corporation that is recognized by the governor, government of Canada. It is uh, in line with all the regulations that Revenue Canada has for a corporation, a charitable organization. And we needed not only the letter here, but we needed a a government-recognized entity because in a lot of places— Independent Baptist churches aren't government-recognized entities, and so we needed that to be able to get into Canada. That's one of the reasons that BIMI Canada exists. Beyond that, uh, because of the way that revenue laws are are structured in in Canada, for example, independent Baptist churches can't send money out of the country legally to maybe an independent missionary. But they channel those those funds through BIMI Canada, again, through this office here in Chattanooga. There's accounting that takes place in Canada. There's accounting that takes place here. And it satisfies the government's requirements. And I think, again, gives that credibility to the donors and a certain assurance to the missionary that says, hey, when a church sends me money and it comes through BIMI, I'm really going to get that money. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just getting a missionary into the country that mm-hmm. mission boards can help, but I would also say that there's times when you need to get that missionary out of the country yes. that a mission yeah. board comes in <laughs> handy. Both you and I know of folks that have had to evacuate sure. because of maybe unrest in a country. I think mm-hmm. that's even the history of how BIMI started way yes, back right. when it was uh, having to leave because of unrest. Mm-hmm. But that happens still mm-hmm. in some countries as well as then medical evacuations. Right. Thankfully, like, we offer like medical evacuations and, and things to get someone out instantly. Right. There's no question. We can get, we can get them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that as missionaries, we go to the field never really expecting to leave. I know that we we know that somewhere down the line there's going to be furlough or something like that, but we kind of go with this idea: we're going, we're staying, and that's kind of it. But there does come that time and and those those different occasions where unrest in the country, like you said, or a medical evacuation. You're in a third world country and you need first world medicine. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, through 60 years of experience, BIMI has got a pretty good plan and a good track record of making that happen. I know for me, if that burden was placed on my sending church, that they would do their very best and they would give their all and they would pour their heart into it. But ultimately, 
I could tell you my ascending pastor would be the first person to tell you we simply are not equipped to yep. handle that absolutely. kind of situation. No, absolutely. Obviously, we've covered the uh, the reputation factor, the help to get into countries, the mm-hmm. help to get out of countries. I know we can talk about this for a long time. Uh, and even even just to look at, you know, what are some of the reasons people used to not go with mission boards? I think we can continue our conversation definitely going yeah. forward. This mm-hmm. isn't our first and only podcast. We will be back. <laughs> it's the first, just not the only. <laughs> that's right. We'll continue to talk about that and many right. other things going yeah. forward. I would encourage you all out there, if you can uh, download, share, subscribe to our podcast, the Conversations of the Co-Mission at iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I think we're even going to try to go on to YouTube. Well, my teenage daughters tell me YouTube's a much. Yeah, so (laughs) so look for us there as well, or wherever else you you get your favorite podcasts uh, from. We'll have some information in the show notes, email addresses, website pages on which you can contact us and find Mm -hmm. out some more about it. But thank you so much for joining us on our maiden voyage. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to talking about this and many other things going forward. I'm excited about what uh, the Lord's going to do with this. I'm, I'm praying that he's going to use it. I would just add this, um, a great place to start if you're looking for more information, BIMI.org, www.bimi.org. You can contact Stephen at SEA for Southeast Asia Director at BIMI.org, or you can contact me at Far North Director at BIMI.org. We'd love to uh, connect with you and and uh, continue the conversation. Looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. And until that next time, God bless. Have a tremendous week in the Lord. 